guys, they do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. Not doing it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 137 of the Magic Guys. We're here to bring the fun. To my left, I've got Nick K. Welcome to the show, friends. Down below, he's back, baby. We got Doug Khan. I, I didn't actually bring fun. I didn't bring it, but I'll find it. I'll find it somewhere. <laughs> hey, guys. Happy to be here. Uh, and of course, I'm Josh Lombito. Welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome to the show. What I love about this podcast is that we've been here backstage for the last 20 minutes, and we've just seen the comment section live just going off. We love that you guys are like having your own fun and talking to everyone before we're even here. So I don't even think we're needed, Doug. I mean, that's the same way my wife feels about me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good to see everyone here. How how have you been, Doug? I mean, man, good. I've been living my dreams. Right? I went to Texas, the TAOM. That was awesome. You know, That's great. I could speak at length about that if you'd like, or you know, we could do general introductions. But I'm home and making the amazing things happen. It's a good time to be me. Hell yeah! You'll notice that just that extra smirk on Doug's face, and it's because we know there's some some pretty cool shit coming. Ah, oh, damn! I gotta wait for ten minutes before we swear. But anyway, that's fine. Next week, next week I'll I'll have hard evidence of cool things happening. Yeah, we'll yeah, see yeah. it live and in color. Spoiler. I love it. And uh, uh, Nick, you're alive. Last week, you told us you're going to be doing nine gigs. It's ridiculous. The upcoming week. How was and that? Nine gigs I did, friends. A total of nine whole gigs. And they were so much fun. So much fun. Absolute blast. I got to perform alongside my business partner and best bud, Mr. Nathan Hedger from Amigan Entertainment. That was an absolute blast. Um, What's it was the just venue? Where do you, how do you end up doing nine gigs? Is it the same thing or what? Oh. So I you're we, hopping we around fun... Australia or New Zealand, wherever you guys are over there. Yeah. What's going on in your world? Well, Tuesday was was an event for uh, for Headspace. It was like a um, a fundraising event that the Fun Lab people who were all, who all our residencies are with in the Holy Molies. So we did that as a fundraising event, which was yeah. great. So I was performing at um, at Eastland for that one. The next day was at Crown Casino at Palladium which I did a stage show for Snooze, which is a mattress company. And then right next door in the same complex at Palladium, because it's a very, very large complex, was another one, which was the Arbier Awards, which is a wedding um, like industry awards night. So that was that one. Um, I then did another one after that, which... Uh, how, how much does your rig change from these? Because you're talking about some pretty wide gaps. I'm doing the, you know, this, I'm on the stage, I'm doing walk around. Is it the same box or do you have different rigs? I have different rigs um, and it's kind of dependent on stage size. Uh, if you're on the point, scooter. If I'm going to skate in. Or <laughs> drive skate the into the gig. Yeah. You know what is my good friend, Simon Coronel, uh, he really inspired me to think about things in a different way. where like packing small and playing medium. And that was a really, really nice way to think of things like to pack small and try play to audiences of 200 like in a comfortable comfortable manner and so um thankfully at these large scale events that i was doing we did have camera so i was able to do that which is really good in fact on the on the next gig which i did um at the rooftop of qt uh for a construction company they'd actually hired josh before and they had some lovely things to say about you josh and our good friend mike oh. as well yeah it was a oh, big wow. wine tasting thing it was super fun 
Um, then, you know, just one after another, like a logistics company, which was probably are you, my are you maintaining enthusiasm for real though? Like on the seventh gig, are you still really happy to be a magician? You know what? It, I'm going to lay some truth in you guys, right? Yeah, so let's hear I, it, man. Let's I'm going to lay some the, truth the in real, you guys. The real word. So the question was like, the question was, I used to pumped after like doing seven gigs in a nine gig week. And the answer is yes. And here's why. Of course you are. I have residencies in which I bullshit. Get, I, uh, no, it's because pre-workout. <laughs> I had some earlier. You get that shit, you're going. I have residencies in which I'm hired for a three-hour uh, period, right? And they're not massive earning things compared to my corporate rate, of course, but they are regular, and I love them, and I have four yeah. of them a week should I want them, and I love this. And I'll tell you why. My life, which is going to sound bitter and sad, and I promise you this is not. But what I'm going to say is this. The only time Nick K, and I say this is the character Nick K, Nick K or me is alive is when I am Nick K. The only time I actually feel alive is when I'm performing. I honest to God, I honest to God wouldn't care if I lived in a coffin and I was asleep for four days and then the door opens up, I take a shower and go do gigs and then I go back to my coffin when my gigs are done. Oh, I may as well be dead to the world because the only time that I do feel alive is when I'm performing. Oh, wait a and minute. That's what about when you're in that car simulator you spoke of? That's got to be a that's little bit. That's, that, well, that, Doug, that's basically the coffin he's talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're in there. <laughs> when I'm driving the streets of Monaco at 200 miles an hour, I get through the day. Yeah, Monza was a good race, actually. It was really fun. So, look, I mean, but th that's the thing. Like, that's, that's my life. I don't yeah. have... The luxury of a girlfriend like josh does or kids or grandkids look all the great performers guy. that's the way they are like i've never felt that way about performing but i know so many people who do a lot of the street performers are that way they're like 8 a.m time to go perform you know and then it's dark time to go sleep and it's seven days a week with it you know and i'm like you know, i'm like is it is it mid 70s on a saturday i'll go out yeah. there well, I mean, how, how common is it? Like I've heard, I remember hearing Piff talk about it in the UK where like the magicians would get, you know, the motor going where they, they've got their gigs that they consistently do on the weekends. So during the week, they'll wake up at like lunchtime, you know, do a bit of learning. And then like, basically they'll just be slobs throughout the whole week because they just don't care. And then they'll make all their earnings in two days. And then, you know, whereas... People that decide to make content like us crazy people, I never have enough time. Like I'm only, you know, I, I did one event um, this week or la last week, sorry. But like I've been so busy because I'm like trying to edit here and cut that and film this and organize street magic and, you know, oh, God damn it. So... I, take, it's I'll not like I haven't been loving magic. That's the beautiful thing about this art is we can love it for so many reasons, right? And like, I'm very excited about things and we'll talk about them next week more. Although we'll talk about some gear this week, right? We're going to talk about gear we use and stuff. We talk going that Yeah, that yeah. Cool. But yeah, so many ways to love what we do. Yeah. I think I found a new, like uh, a new amount of energy from events now when i know that like it's being captured at the same time like it'll live on past the gig you know when you're filming the moment you're like that's the moment 
I, that's I know when I'm out there, and it's like that's the minute. Well, yeah. question to the group then: What makes a moment more special? The fact that like it was captured on camera, or that it wasn't, and it's just a story and becomes a myth, you know? And it's like, ah, no one may never know about this, or we never know if it's maybe even true. You know, he produced a big block of ice from a thing. You know, as Ricky J does, like, is it something that everyone has seen? It's never been caught on video, but it has been spoken about. And that's like what has this day and age. Video is more important. Say it, Doug. Thank you. (laughs) I'm thinking ideally it's this. Here's here's the best. During the video, you tell the wonderful story that captures the imagination and soul. (laughs) And then they watch it with their short term attention spans yeah you see you can't tag people in a story uh in a memory <laughs> on instagram you can't tag the people involved you can't share you know, you know what's weird about memories though i caught up with some friends of mine recently and i believe it or not used to have hair and the funniest thing was said to me my friend renzo turns to me and he says you know what man you know in all my memories you're bald now <laughs> wow and I thought about that and I'm like, there's got to be something there that we could manipulate. And in a routine in which they then have this memory of us doing something that we never did. And I can't tell you how many times people have gone, I did this thing and I looked in the box and I showed everyone and then I held it and I didn't let it go. And I snapped my fingers and the whole pack appeared inside. And I was like, man, I'd love to see that trick because I can't do that. That's sick. Yeah. So I Patrick, wonder if we can manipulate memories. Patrick in the chat made a good point. Like this is this is the reason why I like capturing this random stuff. Patrick says, like the lady liking Josh's ball sack. Now, I should explain this is a video I put up if you haven't seen it. It's also in my vlog that I put up about my trip. I did Mr. Golden Balls, you know, um, what's the mm-hmm. premise norm- normally called? Oddball, I think. And um this has happened twice in my life but you pour out the balls and you're like what are you holding in your hands and they're like balls and it's always funny because they know they're saying it to be funny and therefore the audience finds it funny and uh, there was just this moment where i go to pull out i'm like no we don't care about these ones the special one is this one i reach my pocket and she's like whoa 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 as if i'm about to pull out my my nuts these nuts and uh it was a the audience freaking ate it up and uh, if, had I not captured it on camera, I'd just be telling it on the podcast and it'd not be as funny. So those kind of moments, those one-off moments are what are very fun to capture uh, in, that- in uh, 4K. <laughs> well, that's why we have gig stories as well. <clears throat> yeah. Speaking of, speaking of gig stories, before actual gig stories, um, we have a new animation from our boy Scotty P. Uh, no, no one's seen it yet. Now this one, he's actually not made it from a snippet of the podcast. He's actually told his own gig story and animated it for us. So we could just enjoy a brand new piece of content. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the gig story animated by Scotty P. So I was traveling a lot for work at the start of this year, and one of my trips was to Auckland, New Zealand. I packed my playing cards and some other magic-related stuff and performed street magic in my off time, purely to call myself an international street magician. While I was on my way back through Brisbane International Airport, 
I was randomly selected to have my suitcase checked. The customs agent was a friendly young lady and everything was all light-hearted until she found buried in the bottom of my suitcase an unmarked folded up sheet of white paper that was taped up like a dodgy pouch and had something concealed inside it. So I told them what it was and they carefully opened it up to find about 10 blank-faced playing cards. And after I explained to them that I was doing street magic in Auckland, they asked me if I could perform something for them. Now after five hours of higher car and plane travel, performing magic was last on my list of things to do. But I performed my version of a jumping signature double signed card routine called Signature Slap, which can be found on my YouTube channel, Shameless Plug. And then I repacked my suitcase as they took turns trying to rub the nico off the signed card. And then I went home. My takeaway from this whole experience is simple. Always be ready to perform. And don't pack suspicious packages in your suitcase. And that has to be worthy of a like and share. <laughs> Dude, love the story. Love the animations. I love the little uh, golden nuggets. If you're just listening to this, that was a whole animated piece of work you should watch um, on YouTube. But I saw my showman uh, theater show on the on the airport wall. That was funny. Writing that is watching the podcast in his priorities of traveling. Good fun. Good fun. Do you ever get pulled up for traveling with stuff? I I have a gig story. Let's roll. All right. All right. I see. Um, I'll, I'll get this thing ready. No worries. Here we go. So gig stories is a section of the podcast where we talk about either magical moments or moments while we're performing and we can share them with you guys, our audience for posterity. And I'm going to take the reins on this one, friends. One time I was on tour with the illusionist Adam and Selena, a really awesome duo from Perth, Australia. And they had asked me to join them uh, to do their backstage work on a tour in Qatar, which was wonderful. So I finished my shows here. I flew across to Perth, spent a couple of days there, rehearsals, etc. And then off we go to Qatar. Super duper fun. While on the plane, I make friends with the rest of their crew and everyone else. One guy in particular, his name was Jared, and he was a he was the lighting tech guy. Super fun guy. Super fun guy. Loved cranes. Little fun tidbit about him. But I remember he and I just running amok this whole trip, this whole trip. And I remember trying to sleep on the plane. We we're flying Emirates at the time. And he like he woke me up and he's like, come down the back, you're doing magic. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm like working for my slumber and I grab my cards and I go to the very back of the plane and I'm just hanging out with all the stewardesses. And I'm like, that's why he woke me up. Love this. So I'm hanging out with all these lovely, gorgeous stewardesses on the back of this plane. I'm doing my magic and uh, I ended up stealing this um, one of their watch, like the, the lady's watch, which was super fun. Gave her back the watch and as a gift. She was like, that was amazing. And she goes into the overhead carriage and she just fills it with scotch, like those little bottles of scotch. Ah, and then we went, yeah. And I was just like, this is fantastic because then I'm not going to have to raid the minibar. So we ah, went, yeah. So I put that stuff in my bag. I'm like, this is fantastic. We land in Qatar, uh, sorry, in, uh, in Dubai. You know, we have a quick, quick turn, turn around. I have the best tiramisu I've ever had in my life. We catch the plane, we go to Qatar, right? But we get there and there's all these signs like we are strictly a dry nation, like no booze, nothing. Rah. 
And so I got like so many bottles of booze and I was like, damn, what do I do? So I ended up just turfing it because I was so fearful of what was going to happen. So I turf all the booze and thankfully I did because these guys rung me out, man. Like I go to the, to the, to the counter and, and if you don't know what Kataya Port's like, it's just like dudes and AK-47, like semi-automatic rifles. They're not playing there, huh? They're they like- ain't playing, son. So yeah. I rock up and, you know, I hand in my form. And typically, whenever I put in my, my you know, it's like your occupation, I put entertainer, right? Um, I've stopped doing that now. I just put magician because it just avoids yeah. the questions. And I don't like being questioned. But this time I put entertainer. I give him my form with my passport. And the guy, stern as anything, like the guy, like couldn't tell a joke if it saved him. Like he was the most focused man I'd ever seen in this situation. He's like, he goes to me, which entertaining you do? And I, <laughs> yeah, I love it because he went, which, which entertaining you do? And I said, uh, magic, like magician. And he looks at me and goes, do magic. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, really? He goes, do magic. I'm like, okay. So I reach in my pocket. I get my cards out. And he starts waving the guys with AK-47s over. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, shit. They're going to they're gonna shoot me. You think I'm a, I'm a like a wizard. Anyway, they gather around. I do a whole routine. Everyone smiles and laughs. I'm there for a short while. I'm like, can I go now? And then they're like, oh, okay. And they let me through. And so, <laughs> You're the highlight of the week, probably. I hope so, man, because we hadn't really brought magic to guitar, and and we should we should bring Adam and Selena on the show sometime because they'll tell you, like, um, you know, that we were doing a lot of press while we were there, and they were saying things to the effect of like, um, you know, it's like this isn't real; it's just to entertain. This isn't black magic, and we had to sort of because it was the first time magic had ever been brought to that country. And it was phenomenal to see like Adam and Selena, this, this, uh, you know, awesome act all the way from Australia. And there was like posters and, and flags all over the streets. Like they were, they were everywhere. They were absolutely everywhere. Like it was mega. It was one of the best experiences of my life. Wow. That is, that's a cool I don't story. Know. I'm over here in New I Orleans mean- where I spent my adult life not being able to comprehend a community that doesn't have some form of inebriation. Like, I don't think I belong there at all. Yeah. Like <laughs> no wonder the, the security guy was so sturdy and, you know, not full of life. He doesn't get to drink. Well, you know, Everyone's you, you're in Dubai, huh? no one's yeah. doing anything over there. There's only one place you can drink and that's in like the motels. Like you can't like go and grab a bottle or anything. You can have a drink in the motel. Um, but typically everyone's super sober, which is probably why they're so advanced. If you look at the growth that Qatar and um, Dubai have had, you know, like they are. I understand the Middle East is doing amazing things. Yeah. I'm not saying we're right in New Orleans. I'm just saying I can't comprehend it. <laughs> and like all good stories, Tim Askin just wrote in, Great story, but it's not on video. <laughs> this is what we're talking about, man. This is what if we're it's not about. on video, did it even happen? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, now it's half on video. It's, yeah. It's getting there. It's getting there. Uh, 
what, wow, what story can I tell? So this uh, last week, uh, you guys might have seen my YouTube vlog. I went to this place called Port Douglas, which is a beautiful vacation spot in Cairns in Australia. And uh, I was doing a keynote for this conference that sells uh, thermomixes, which... Um, Doug, have you heard of a thermomix? I, I know they're around the world, but I don't know if it's a common thing over there. Well, you have weird names for things over there. It, thermomix. Vegemite. Is that is that like Vegemite? Well, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> th th Nick, do you know what th a Thermomix is? I'm a big fan of the Thermomix. It's basically this really gnarly blender type doodad that is um, it also has a heating element in it. You can do a lot of cool things. You can basically so for example, you can put rice in there and go and make rice flour. Like it is just it's a super it's a good kitchen utility. Okay. It's like a couple of grand and you can do like a thousand different things with it. Yeah, so it's like this machine that has all these different mechanisms for making food and it's very smart. So like I went there for a demo and they, they in 10 minutes, they made me um, berry sorbet, like raspberry sorbet from all they had was uh, raw sugar, egg whites and um, like frozen berry compote. And just those three ingredients, it churned out the best tasting like raspberry ice cream I'd ever had. And it was crazy. And they just put it in, knew what to do. It gives you instructions. And now they have this app called Cookie Do, where it basically has all the menus in the, like all the recipes in the world this thing can make. You click on it. And if you want to, you can click add to cart and your local supermarket, it'll like, it'll buy all the ingredients you need for it. Is this a paid advertisement, Josh? I mean, this is a pretty sweet. <laughs> I think it needs a better title than Cookie Do. Cookie Do is the app, yeah. Well, look, they did pay me well for the the keynote, but that you know my obligation has ended now. So, so we're segueing is... into the actual gig story. That's right. That's right. So all I'm saying is it's a very high tech thing. I have one at my house right now because they they loaned me one to to try out. Um. And I'm going off tangents. So I was there, right, because all the people that were there are like the top salespeople for selling these these things. Um, and so uh, where Thermomix am I? Thermomix party. Therm yeah, they called it Thermofest. And my friend Christopher Wayne, who was on the podcast last week, gave me the Good great time. recommendation that no Good episode. If I, he's like, if you do one, if you do a trick on stage with one, you have to call it Thermo Tricks. So thank you to Chris for that recommendation. And that's exactly what I did. So I, I made them um, have one on stage for me. And I just wrote in terrible, like, Sharpie pen on a piece of paper and stuck it over the Thermomix branding to say Thermotrix. It's great. Um, they had so much energy, this audience. It rivals the energy of, uh, I would have talked about this in January's podcast where I had these these women like running on stage, like physically running to get on stage to, to participate. Um, this was very similar to that. And that's why they were trying to be funny on stage saying the, you know, the balls joke and funny balls. I'm trying to talk while also half reading the comments. They're very funny comments in here. Yeah, that's uh, funny. Anyway, the story I was gonna share was, this is the first time this has happened to me. So. I do a trick in my show anyway, where I do a wrong prediction of a soda can, and then I open it, pour it out. Magicians know this trick, and there's a different substance inside. So my idea was to have the Thermomix be making the drink for me, but it's wrong, 
and then uh, we try again, still wrong, but then when we open it, it's, it's right again. But what happened, and this is the first time this has happened, uh, I use digital force bag, I'll just say that, to, to make the spectator's choice. Thank you for and, answering my question before I asked it. Could read your mind. Um, I used to I used to do like a a billet uh, page switch and stuff like that. Like I had the, the Sven um, pad. What do you think about the Sven pad? Yeah, I like the Sven pad. I like yeah. the Sven pad. I used Nick, to do use. You like the Sven pad? Um, you know, I I do. I like it. I've got an abundance of them, and yeah. I, I I cheekily use other methods, but I just love having it there. It's kind of yeah. like a get out of jail free card. Like it's right. a good utility. Yeah. And, um, I, yes, yeah, so I've used the Sven pad. I've also used the amaze box in the past so the oh, audience yeah, could all nice. put their own drinks in. And then for a while I was using, um, I forget the name, but it's a New Zealand guy that makes it. And it's a, it's a, a clipboard. It's like a pad that, uh, like you put stuff in, um, and it changes the stuff that's in it. So you can, like, you can open it up. They lay down all their cards face down. Yeah. You close it, you open it changes. Anyway, I digress. So I used to use all that stuff, but then I just found that if you use digital force bag, it just streamlines everything a bit quicker. Great tool. I reckon, I think it's a great tool for the modern worker. Yeah. So, however, in this instance, you know, the lady said, um, so you choose a number between one and a hundred. There's a list of, you know, the, the most common name drinks. She says 15. I'm like, great. You can see that massive list. Um, can you see what 15 is? Anyway, she reads 14, not 15. And so <clears throat> I get on stage and I'm like, da, da, da. And she's supposed to say strawberry milk. And I'm like, oh, it's wrong. It's Coca-Cola. But she says Jack Daniels. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I still have the exact same moment that I, you know, that it's wrong. But I'm like, oh, shit. Fuck, what do I do? But luckily, there was just enough confusion to them of like, oh, no, that I was like, it's okay. We can try it again. <laughs> Because in my head, I'm like, I have to try this again because <laughs> yeah. I have to make you it You got to make the product shine. <laughs> and thank God, like, because she read the wrong one, I can do it again. And this time it kind of helped because now she named a completely different number and she scrolled down, you know, the second time she picked like 84 or whatever. So now she's scrolling to 84. I'm like, do you know that one? She's like, yep. Yeah, okay. I'm like, okay, great. Um, uh, odd moment because now for the second time it's not going to hit like it's going to again be the coca-cola can but um i play this off in my vlog and i just i just um i called to the point that the thermomix wasn't plugged in i was like ah oh, that's why it's not changing it's not plugged in it's not your fault totally fine um and then i segue back to it after like five minutes of speaking that it is right but I guess I'm sharing this because it's the first time like on the spot it's not worked and uh, I'm so used to it never <laughs> miscalling. Uh, but the fact that it's meant to be wrong anyway, let me do it again and it kind of saved me and didn't make it a thing. Because, you know, if you have those moments in your show where it has to be like if they don't say the thing you want. Like, or you're, you're promoting you're, the client's you're product. Fucked. Almost, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're fucked. Uh, but if yeah. it's a prediction and, that's and, meant yeah, to be maybe wrong, that's where we choose the Sven pad. Maybe. You know, maybe. Maybe that is when you have something more precise. Yeah. yeah but um, even that, you know, even that's imperfect. Magic's barely perfect, right? We're always walking a tightrope. You know, yeah. it, it is interesting when you have things like this. I was um, 
reviewing a, a product in preparation for, for next week. And I just had to stop because it's like stuff like this, that when people are either overexcited, had a few too many drinks or just don't listen to the appropriate um, sort of things. Like, I mean, we, we got to take responsibility for that. Firstly, yeah. like whenever stuff like that happens, no doubt, but yeah. it's just, there's, there's sometimes like that if it's a required method, you're like, well, it's just not going to work with this crowd because they're this type of crowd, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, like I, I was reviewing this product with, I'm not even, like, I was going to do it. I literally got like a third of the way through it and I said like, I'm going to review a different product. This is porridge. This is absolute rubbish, this 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 product. I'm not going to even mention it or anything, but it's this whole stupid thing of like ESP cards. And what you do is like, it's the three phase routine of the same thing every single time, but you tell them it's more impossible. And it's like, it's just not, it's the same trick, but you're telling them, you know? And it's as simple as like, it's a square, a circle and a triangle. Oh, you're thinking of a circle. It's non-relatable, stupid. But the point is that you've got stuff where, you know, like you got certain methods because the same thing happened to me on Sunday. I was performing and I was doing the wiki test and I'd said to them like, search for a thing, scroll through from me, find me a big word that's like more than six or seven letters. Mm. And they went, I've got the word. I've got the word. Even though like I asked them to scroll through and find me a word, they kept, this happened to me twice in a row. Mm. H, they chose the word they actually searched for. And that gotcha. was and it. And I'm trying to think, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, yeah. what am I doing wrong? I'm like, okay, so you search for, like, I, I go, this because I, I play that off so lazily. I go, like, just search for something. That's not the important thing. Just search for something. Like, I, I give examples. You know, it could be like your favorite magician. It could be your this, your that. It could be your favorite color, your favorite actor. It doesn't matter. Just search for something. And once you've done that, say yes. I go, yes, go great. Now, I want you to scroll up. This is like the equivalent of sort of flicking through the pages of a book. Then I want you to stop randomly. Find me one big word in the article. Lock it in your mind. Have you got it? Great. Lock your phone, put it down so not me or anyone else knows what it is. Twice in a row when I perform this, they either saw their word that they search for like and chose it mm. i don't think that the test works that way so it's kind of like but it but you do um see what that word is still though right so like you can yeah. still yeah you be, do be the it, amazing performer theoretically yeah. the follow-up should work no matter what but the root there's room for the spectator to have error and then you just lose so that's yeah. that's the fact so, Something I had to learn about too is um, I used to, I used to for a long time a staple in my corporate show was True Test by Nathan Caranzo. Mm. Great trick, mm. yeah, um, freaking amazing. That's Basically, a good one. the product that you get are these sheets of the paper that you just insert into a magazine. So mm. you can give away the magazine every time. Um, you can tear the page out. It's not like a book that has to be neat and tidy. It's like you can roll up this magazine and literally say, I got this at the airport because it's a time magazine. Uh, great, great product. And similar concept, find a big word, something that has more than five letters. Have a look on both sides of this random page you've stopped at, you know, that you're holding onto now that I've torn out. Great. Mm. But, um, and I only learned this through failing. Um, the flaw with it is that, so say they say the letter T. So there's one word that is more than five letters that's a T, but the date on the page is Thursday. Like it says like the date. So I learned this because someone picked T and I'm like, and what's the word? Transportation. They're like Thursday. I'm like, 
fuck. And then I learned that that lesson. And then the other thing that can happen is uh, if they pick S, it should be sculpture. But S is also the title of the article, um, which is like science, like a sciencey word. And so I've been messed up from that. So twice in my life, I've realized, okay, God damn it. There are two other big words. So now I have to say when I was doing it, pick a big, you know, big word, but don't pick something obvious, like the title of the article or like the date on the page. I already know. Yeah. I've seen that. It's also on this magazine. So pick something else. And only through like failing have I learned. <laughs> Do you still use so, that so, trick? The true test? I love it, but it's yeah. not, it's not enough. Um, Josh Norbido hip hop flavor. So yeah. I, I, I try to push myself to not use it now. So yeah. I do my cube, my Rubik's cube routine in the space of where that routine used to be in the show. Yeah. I dig it. But I love it. If I ever have to do, if I get booked again by a client, like that's in my B show ready to go. Mm -hmm. Cause it's a killer. Like I can't recommend it higher. It's just so wonderful. There's just a magazine. It's so thin and easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, Doug, uh, do you have any stories, like, not, no, maybe I not mean, geek stories, but from the, because I saw some videos you put up, some magicians doing some crazy magic. So like, look, was there here's any... my gig story. I, this week, I was a professional at a magic convention, so I'll talk about that for a couple of minutes. I was in Houston, Texas, the Texas Association of Magicians. Last I spoke, as the final word. I was going to live my dream, and I went and did that. I got to present my thoughts on the art to my peers and share time with friends and like-minded like-minded people. Uh, it's great to see. I could talk about a lot of guys you don't know, but um, let me talk about the professional show as I was going on to do my performing, you know, my job as a professional. Uh, in room one, I followed Brent Braun, which was okay. You know, Brent Braun of the Magic great Firm, guy. consultant mm. to all of our current stars and just a wonderful human. I could handle that. And magical Katrina was working. She's a little pixie, magical Katrina, no problem. But then as I got in my second room, I had to follow Chad Long. I don't oh. know if you've seen Chad Long work, but he just tears nice. it up like uh, on a very high level. So I'm like, all right, following Chad he, Long. That's a good time. Did he do the thing with the cookies? Did he do that thing with the cookies? Oh, yeah. no, I didn't, all I got to see was the end. But, you know, Chad's walking around with a blanket and a manila envelope stuffed with crap, and he's just Chad, right? He's a just an amazing performer. Out of control, that guy. So I survived that, but then we, I got out of line and had to go to a different room where I follow Eric Tate, our, you know, FISM award-winning talent, and he was <laughs> killing it. But man, wow. Eric watched my set, and as I came off, he gave me a genuine comment. He's like, Doug, you crushed it. Great show. And you know what? As I was doing these shows with these guys, I felt like we're killing it. These people are getting a great close-up show. We did it old school, four rooms. Each of us hopped a room. Yes. And that was it. You know, instead of doing it on the camera, like oh, they do at so many conventions, they put the close-up show on the camera. But yeah. Yeah, we got out That's of queue. I jumped in one room to fill in. Like I was, I did material that wasn't in my set because the audience is sitting there without a performer, and I know I can go do five minutes while they're, you know. So I, I took opportunities like that to to do things. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Two things I'll quickly say before Nick um, is one, I love that, and because that that's also the vibe that the year Nick and I went to Magic Live, they did the same thing, which is insane that they had. 
the performers do close-up magic to they'd set up a stadium type this is old school that's what i called my it's like oh you're working us old school huh yeah (laughs) and that's the way they used to do it in the days and and it's the better way to experience close-up it's crazy so instead of doing two shows on a projector screen where half the audience sees it half the audience they had to all week have constant oh yeah because you got 30 minute shows these guys, I think they were saying they, they had to do 30 shows over yeah. the um, wow. over the four That's days or whatever. Whoa. But but it's like the best, you know, way. And ch- so the way to I, and I have a question for Nick. Yeah. I saw Chad I saw Chad Long in that close up. It was Chad Long, Jason Ladanye before he was on TikTok, but he was ex- he was the same he's the same character as he has always been. So Jason Ladanye, uh, Chad Long, um, some other great magicians from. Europe Robert Ramirez seen before. Rob, yeah, of course, Robert Ramirez, there. and this guy Not doing one. this crazy. The guy did the, the with the crazy coin matrix, uh, where it's like a black Armando art, but it's Lacero. like close up. Not Armando, uh, another guy. Um, anyway, I digress. So Chad Long did randomly like you hear an oven go off, and he comes back with cookies, and he did <laughs> that. But then there was no trick with it. And I just want to ask, you said, did he do the thing with cookies? Was that what you saw? Or did you did he yeah. do something I didn't see in my show? Yeah, so for, for the guys listening, it was like, what the hell are they talking about? Chad Long was just doing Chad Long, <laughs> amazing sleight of hand, super entertaining stuff. And then in the middle of the show, you hear this bing. And you're like, okay. And he walks over to the audience, like, excuse me, excuse me. And he like parts this dude's legs. And goes like under the stage and just comes out with a tray of cookies. Like a tray of cookies. For no he, reason. For no reason. And he just keeps saying, careful, they're hot. Careful, they're hot. And then he, he puts them down on the table, performing his close-up, gets someone to come and join him. And every time someone goes near the cookies, he's like, be careful, they're hot. Be careful, they're hot. And he just keeps just ignoring the cookies, but just keeps doing it. And you're in. It's just the weirdest thing. And he's so lovely. Like he's so lovely. Um, I was when I was checking into my room, he was right behind me, and I'm like, Chad Long. And he's like, Yes. I'm like, love you. He's like, thanks. And that was that was the interaction. <laughs> like I didn't know what else to say. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So much we want to say in such a little time. Let's go to our audio question. Speak pipe. It's in the description of the podcast. Leave us a voicemail, what you're up to, story, advice praise whatever yes, you want we like it when you do that do it leave please. Your, leave, leave your credit card details anything you want right and just remember to like introduce yourself first and then the message because sometimes we just don't know who's saying it this one comes in from a guy we haven't had a voice question from since like the early days of the podcast when we didn't live stream it um odd modlin i i know his last name already even though it only says odd at the start because i remember him from the early days but we have a question from odd Let's go. How's the magic, guys? This is Odd from Joburg, South Africa. I've got a question for you about recording my performances out in the wild. I know Josh has a rig that he takes to gigs, but I want to know if that's viable for capturing live street style kind of performances without having a camera operator. I'm looking to get a couple decent videos so I can put together a socials and a web page where potential clients can come see the stuff that I do. Any thoughts, comments, advice you guys have on hardware, approach, content, whatever would be awesome. Dig the podcast. Keep it up. Ciao. 
Yo, yo, yo. Thanks, Hyde. So there's firstly, a lot of... Thanks for the question, firstly. That's great. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one of the most difficult things um, when you're performing for audiences. And I mean, how great does a street show look when you're just in the street and it's you and you've got your edge and it's four or five people deep and just being able to capture those moments, so tough, so tough. But um, I, I mean, um, Doug, yeah. I feel like Doug would be most equipped to, to answer this question. I mean, I think we all can answer it, you know, different ways. Uh, you know, ca capturing the street show for me is more intimate than grandeur, I think. I'm looking to try and get those uh, more personal reactions. Yeah. Um, let me hey, I'll tell you what I do on the street. I have, I have this bag, right, which is on a stool. This is my gig bag. And then I have this camera, which is the Insta360. And you can use tripods with these. I'm going to back up my camera a little bit so we can see. How, how inconspicuous is this? And it actually pokes right down through this handle. You don't even so it's not like people are looking at a tripod and scared about it. It's just mm. over there, you know, and it's like That's nothing. So, cool. so this is a, I think, a great advantage to something like this for getting genuine reactions and being inconspicuous. Mm. That That's said, cool. you know, M Mika Harris is pumping out content. Oh yeah, using this very same. Using this very same camera, I have the same one, and and it's a it's a really good camera. Uh, if you don't know what it is, it's the three sixties, the X three. There's there's X twos as well. The X three is fantastic because you can also have your microphone go directly into it. Um, so I wear a lapel when I perform, and I have audio go right into it. So the, it's nice and crisp and clean, as opposed to the and that's very loud that's the upgrade thing. for me. The I'm, the Rode Wireless. They have a Pro coming out this week, and that's Ooh, being baby. my toolkit. Yeah, 32-bit yeah. audio recording. Yeah. So okay, that's well, out now, like literally this week. And as I was looking at my options, I said, well, that's the one. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll definitely we should explore microphone because one of the things that coincides with video is like I, I can't watch video with bad audio personally. And right. I think everyone struggles to do that. So mm -hmm. keep that in mind with regards to capturing this. And one of the things is that you know, deep down, we want to have a camera operator. We want someone to do that. But it's definitely a privilege we have to pay for. And it's something that we'll rely upon. Well, we have a dependency. We have somebody who needs to be there to capture that. Now, I've um, had people who can do it really well. I have people who do it terribly. Erroneous or whoever you do like you used to do this, I think that the X, um, the X3, the 360 camera is fantastic because effectively what you have, you have yeah. like a dozen camera guys all back to back. Bob's right. Capturing, Yo, capturing, we need yeah. some new cameras. Yeah. 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 So it's basically the equivalent of having a dozen guys back to back with their camera and yeah. you can move this around afterwards in your editing. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about capturing the moment. So it's kind of great because you can use the same footage, but get three different, four different views, aspects of it. You can have yourself being captured. You can have the audience's reaction being captured. Like if it's in the dead center. That's the or main reason that I use it. And I do and that, often, if I'm shooting, I probably have the tripod with the phone set up too because of the audio, right? Mainly because I, I haven't had a better audio solution. So mm, if yeah. I'm shooting, it's usually both things. 
Yeah, and 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 the beauty of it as well is that a lot of times when you're trying to capture your magic, um, I can't tell you how many times my camera operator has either failed to capture the reaction, yeah. but just captured me revealing a card. And it's like, right. well, I didn't want that moment. I wanted that moment. Like, where were you on this? But when you're capturing in 360, they're literally capturing everything at once. And then you get this file, which you can then take to the software and you get to direct where you want the camera. Like it is literally like this virtual reality type setup. And so you never miss the moments that you want to capture. So if you are going to be using someone who's not a great operator, you know that you're capturing every single moment and you can choose those moments yourself. And if you're going to use it as a standalone right there in a street setting, I think especially, I think the X3 is a perfect solution. And if you're going to buy one, use code PiperGuys. <laughs> PiperGuys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, we I got some. I, yeah, I want to hear Josh's we story. Are you bringing this Tony to your gigs every time? Is that what you're doing? I, it's so crazy that Odd sent this story because I have a direct comparison here in terms of street busking. This just happened two days ago. And it's so crazy that, that this question has come up. But so when I, you know, my gigs are a different environment. I can set up a tripod and camera at the back of the stage and not worry that it will or won't be there when I finish, you know. But for me, and the show is in one direction. So it's capturing the audience and the stage, you know, so it's a little different. Um, but the thing that I picked up on with Odd is he's saying yes to capture stuff as social, but he's also saying to put on his website to show clients, which is a different thing. So mm -hmm. you don't have to pay someone to video your work. You just have to know where to find them because people that make videography, cinematic videos, they're just as passionate about making videos as you are being the performer and sometimes it's hard for people to connect like someone that can film stuff it can be hard for them to find stuff for them to film and if you can find those facebook groups um a lot of youtube groups um have people in there that are video or editors and like need stuff to add into their portfolio i know that uh videographers um learning film there's a part in their course where they have to have a subject to film and make a, a little thing on. And I've been one of those people to volunteer and get this like content from in the end. But what, why I bring this up is two days ago, I caught up with my good friend now. Uh, well, I've been, we've been friends for a while, but um, his name's Constantine and he's a violinist. He's uh, a young 26 year old, 26 year old. And he does violin looping, live looping um, on the streets. And he is one of the best I've seen do this because he can, he can play commercial songs through violin while looping, beatboxing, it's crazy stuff. Okay, so I went on his Instagram and I, so like this is a video on his Instagram, right? Like it's obviously just filmed from a phone. And this is, I wanna show you the difference between things. So there's him there, great, right, great. Okay, so that's a video, you can see what it is. Now, I, I hit him up and I was like, hey, I'm coming out to Queen Street. I know you're, you're gonna start work at 5.30. If, I, if we meet up at five, do you think you could film me doing street magic for like 20 minutes and then I'll film you and I'll cut you a reel for you to use using my sweet camera? And he's like, that sounds great. Now he hasn't posted this, um, but I made him a clip 
and just look at the difference. And I didn't charge him a cent. It's just, I love filming stuff. So if you find someone like me in your area that's like wants to film stuff, you can get something. And so look at the difference of this. This is just, I've watched this like a hundred times because I just love his work, but um, check this out. superior in that one like it's and that for and me that, and that was just my boom mic recording like that's that him, sweet sony like, mic you're using yeah yeah now yeah. you're seeing it a little different because you're you know the camera is watching it through the camera that's on here of the video but when you see it live that like the quality is insane and people love it when they see this video because it's so cinematic but like there's just a big difference of having an operator as opposed to like set, setting up a camera is what I'm saying. And I'm sure I, that. Yeah. When you got that human movement going, that is superior by far. And, and uh, I only say that because I'd said to show potential clients and stuff on a website, like it's worth either paying for someone to do it professionally or finding someone that's keen to do it um, would be my recommendation for that. But if it's socials, the Insta is like amazing because not only, you know, Doug's video has done really well from it, but lately, I don't know if you've seen, but Mika's videos have been going crazy, getting crazy right. views. I haven't seen that. I'm so happy to hear that. He deserves it. And let me tell you, you want to get views, put your butt in the wild and film it. That's a great way <clears> to do it. Yeah. Like uh, if I just bring up his Instagram right now, like there's a video 14,000. There's the next one, 100K views, 30K views. Yeah, another hundred like these way to go some, mika yeah it's a, it's a he's he's found a really great formula for filming um yeah filming yeah magic. it's called this bust your ass that's what it's called <laughs> yeah but look yeah. in the same in the same breath right like uh getting the work is good but the question was like with regards to how to capture it now there's obviously variances so we've we've spoken about one solution now with the x3 if you were to get like fully loaded with that, like to the brim with like every option and whatever else, you're looking at about a grand Australian dollars, right? Um, what Josh Nabita produced just a moment ago is like a $5,000 privilege as far as equipment goes. So there is obviously huge variances in the two. So we're kind of answering a question with a question in a sense, it's like, which one do you do? And one option may actually be that instead of spending $1,000, just so you can capture this one thing and then you've got this gear that's sort of going to be sitting there depreciating and and you know just sort of eventually becoming redundant you know maybe it's worth the actually approaching a video operator and saying i have a grand and i want you to capture my bits and i want you to put it together and make me three videos four videos show reels etc so there's a couple of ways to go about it so i guess it's the the intent so just to affirm was the intent to show clientele yeah, it was it was for socials and to put on a website as a promo to show clients. Yeah, so which is that's the very thing. two different things. 
Yes, exactly. So I think that Josh's method would be perfect to show clientele, very high-end stuff, and you're showing them a, pol a, a polished product for sure. But to capture things for socials and just capture you working, it doesn't have to be the best quality. It can be somebody on their phone. Just a couple of weeks this ago, is, we were talking about- Like this is the Insta, this is not a great shot, I guess, of this, but this is the worst lighting. Yeah, nice. Like, you know, yeah. that is not coming yeah. across as well, but I wanted yeah. to give someone an idea what it was like in, in yeah. inside lighting. This lighting was yellow lighting. Um, you could probably adjust it inside the app itself. Mm. I think they, you know, they have adjustments for the ISO and, and so on. So if you took the time before the gig to set it up, um, let me see a recent one I shot of at the SAM. And here's well, the thing also, you consider taking these things out into the wild. You have to consider if you want to take your, you know, two or $3,000 camera onto the street or to the gig, and that would absolutely require someone else. Wouldn't you hmm. think? You know, David, David Ung was actually asking like the differences between indoor and outdoor. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the here's the difference is that indoor lighting is yellow, right? Like right. it's, it's going to be yellow and let me, this isn't the most action packed clip, but this is not horrible, right? This is a usable clip that uh, looks better live than it does on this screen. Yeah. But if you take this thing outside, yeah, it's a million bucks. And and I guess the environment is what's important too, because the camera that I have that's like five grand, it isn't built for daylight action sunlight filming. Like I got to put an ND filter on it just to turn down the amount of lights capturing. Whereas something like that, the the 360 and GoPros that kind of range, they thrive. They need that sun, right? Yeah. But uh, at nighttime, like the, the violin clip, it was so dark, but that's where this full frame lens yeah, like, baby. shines. Um, and so different strokes for different folks. We don't want to forget yeah. also about our, our product today. Yeah. Nick, I think it's time. Is it time? Hold on. Well, because before we leave the subject, we didn't really talk oh. about this. And this is really all you need. I was because about to say. We'll do everything. You know, yeah. You know what? You're right. iPhone cinematic yeah. mode, 4K. Any decent even... cell phone I mean... is probably enough if you have good lighting and decent audio. Yeah. And before we press on, you actually, we you made mention of the Rode Go, which is a really good entity for your microphone. Um, for me, it's replaced like my thousand plus dollar Sennheiser EW100 camera setup. Um, mm. it's, it's like one inch squared. You can basically swallow it. It's so small. You can clip that to your phone now with an adapter and record beautiful audio directly into Can't your wait to iPhone. Have it. I mentioned so I'm iPhone... also getting the Rode Studio X, which has the wireless technology integrates with this device out of the box. So now when I have more mm. than one person here, we can both be mic'd up with the Rode Pro 2. I was trying to find it quickly, yeah. but I, I recently bought the adapter that will plug into your phone. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, and I've got the wireless too. Uh, so I can have two people. Oh, and actually what I've been doing is I put one on me and I put one on the camera facing forward. Oh, so it still picks so up. Smart. Man, still... so that would even work with the 360 then. You put one on the camera and then one mm. on you. Bam. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you capture the ambience of the room. Um, and on top of that, like everyone probably already has a mobile phone or if not, you're probably in need of a mobile phone. So it wouldn't be the worst idea to get like the new 
iPhone 15, which is what I'm doing when it comes out in a couple of weeks. So I'll be jumping on that. Um, and then if you wanted to take it just a little bit further, you could get this particular DGI based um, gimbal and it's extremely small if it's in the palm of your hand and it's basically just there to stabilize your image and there's a little scroll button on it so you can actually adjust with your uh your zoom and whatever else i, I don't know what model model it is what's even better is that you can even set it up um like on a stand and you can use ai that's built into the actual um dgi unit where it follows you around like this so it's a really in it okay thank you david david said it's the dgi om6 so it's a really good unit a friend of mine showed it he plays in a band and he does it just to capture his sets and make sure he's doing a good job and it follows him around on stage as well so i mean there are certain tiers you can go i think that's probably the best entry level using your phone and away you go um for socials and then of course if you're going to be trying to capture things for clientele Go to the extreme, get a Josh Nabito set up and pay and pay pay for the privilege for a pro to do yeah. it. You got to spend some money to make money every now and again. Um, yeah. And I will say too, the the camera that I bought is also the camera I'm streaming on right now, which I was telling the boys, I just discovered this will plug straight into through a USB, your computer and stream without any cam link, without anything it gives you that i heard that was you know i've got a new camera coming i can't wait to be looking as beautiful as you do and i heard this was possible (laughs) and it's like baby i can't wait for that experience and the usb is powering the battery so it's slow it it uses the battery very slowly like we we've been you know we get we jump on backstage half an hour before we go live so it's been on for 90 minutes and the battery is at 75 percent wow I was overly concerned about battery uses. I, I ordered a dummy battery right out of the right away because, like, I think those are important for studio use. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So you can just have the camera plugged in all the time, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. 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 But yeah, this one, this could go for another few hours if That's I That's surprising. To. I really um... thought battery life would be much shorter, but I didn't even research it. Mm. Mm. Anyway. Yay. It's product time. This this portion of the podcast is brought to us by Piper Magic, Australia's premier online magic store. And this week, we are looking at the new this product by Michael Amar and Justin Miller called Albo 2.0. There is a full review on my YouTube channel, which is in the link below. Be sure to scope it out. But for the sake of time, let's blast through this one super quick. Now, what Albo 2.0 is, is you have a playing card in which you tear a square off the corner of the playing card. Both the card and the piece can be signed. You then restore it in an impossible way, and they can be handed out for examination, and you allow the spectator to keep that as an impossible object. Now, in this package, you get two packs of playing cards. You get one free deck of cohorts. You also get one deck of gaff cards, which includes the gaffs as well as some duplicates in order to be able to achieve the effect. So in a single gaff uh, deck you get a total of 28 souvenir decks you can hand out Uh, as well as that there's a little bonus with the box being gaffed which you can use and of course there is video tutorials teaching many different handlings and many extra little little tidbits shared from michael amar and everybody's favorite justin miller now as far as difficulty goes it's not entirely difficult 
by any means. I think it's pretty simple to do. The handling is super clever. And some of the routines have different aspects to them to really elevate this routine. So, for example, some use uh, directing their attention in certain ways and some don't. And the ones that do that have a little bit more of a punch than the ones that don't. But the beauty of this is that you can scope out which ones suit your performance style and you make your choices accordingly. Now, as far as pros and cons goes, there's many different ways you can you can teach us, as I mentioned. Um, and you get a lot of extra bits with this. Like ultimately what you've signed up for is to be taught a tournament restored card, but they teach you so many different things along the way in this project. There's this torn and restored um, card, but it's not a signed card and it's done through this beautiful handling that Michael Amar has. If you watch my video, I share that in the um, in the trailer and it's just a really good piece of kit. There's also a really nice bit that Justin Miller does where he has the corner of a playing card appear in between someone's hands as well. Like there's all these extra little bits of card handling and just little magic moments that are great because you can then take those little moments that have been taught to you and apply it to all of your magic card repertoire. Um, as far as cons goes, I only have one con about this whole product. And that's seeing Michael Amar without a mustache. I wasn't. <laughs> oh no! I wasn't ready. <laughs> it was. Oh man! <laughs> I wasn't ready for it, man. I wasn't ready for it. I was watching this like tutorial. I'm like, how's that? My that's Michael Amar, and I love Michael Amar. I'm a top it user. He's the big influence for me. I met him in Vegas. I damn near shat my pants. I was so excited to meet him, and he's big white mustache was there and he was really buff at the time as well like guy's my hero and then seeing it i heard, about, I heard his fism picture was shirtless like if you go through the <laughs> lobby there's a picture of mike amar with no shirt on everyone else is in tuxedos and suits there's leonard green and all the other fism great, and there's mike amar without a shirt <laughs> so so I, I I just I wasn't ready for it. I know that he's kind of retired from the realm, and this whole project was like we've pulled him out of retirement. I'm like, well, you should have brought back the mustache because he hung up his jacket, his toppets, and his mustache, and I just wasn't ready for it. So, mm. moving you know on. What happened? Out of retirement, huh? I don't know, man. Like, if I got to get rid of my beard when I retire, that'll be funny. But the cost of the product. This product goes for fifty five Aussie dollary dues. Yikes. Now when you. Well, it seems like a lot, but you keep it in mind that you get a deck of cohorts and a bunch of gaffs, and ultimately what you're getting is an impossible object, which is about $2 per impossible card. So I think that that's kind of worth the money. And it's also good to elevate your magic in such a way that when you're performing it, when I was first doing stuff like this in my career, I had a roving rate, and I also had a premium roving rate. And the premium roaming rate was a couple of hundred bucks extra. And the reason I charged that was because, like, I would explain to the client that both entities are equally as entertaining, but one is a little bit more impossible. And the routines that I do actually cost me money, and that's why I charge a little bit more. So that's one of the things you can do to help elevate your magic. I love this. You like that? You're welcome. So I love this, actually. Like, it's yeah. so hard to upsell a close-up magic experience. Yeah. This is brilliant. And if anyone made it this far in this episode, if you're a close-up worker, you just got your money's worth, even though it's free. 
<laughs> so yeah, just to reiterate, you have your normal rove and a premium rove. And if you are going to be offering stuff like that, you can do routines that cost you money that might be like yeah. certain and giveaway. leave your audience with impossible souvenirs. Exactly right. So that's for an extra $200. Exactly. So that's something you could think about to help elevate your career and your price point. So when I was asking myself, who is this for? Ultimately, I think this is for anyone who likes card tricks. So I think that if you like card tricks, you should get it. If you like the cohort deck, which you get with this package anyway, you should totally get it. See, now and I think it's too cheap. Now I think I think they should charge more. You've changed my you know mind. I mean? <laughs> that's why I work the sales game. Bam, bam, bam. Beautiful. So I think... If you're into cards, get it. More importantly, if you're going to get it, make sure you get it from pipermagic.com.au and use discount code PIPERGUYS. And don't use that just for this product, but for all your magic purposes because it supports us here on the podcast. It supports my channel, and we can keep bringing you awesome products to review. So that is, of course, product code PIPERGUYS. And that's my review. <laughs> banger another banger review from nick k i you know i have you have to think if you if you're offering a premium and a standard rove like why would you offer something less magical but then i can see maybe that's a great way to segue into new pricing is you you test out the new pricing by doing that but then eventually i think like realistically you should be always offering like the most magical well, let me put it this way. Experience, right? Let, let me put it this way, right? So sometimes people try to haggle you down on price and you can then say to them, oh, no worries, I can do that. I'll just, I won't give you my premium rove, I'll give you my normal rove. Oh, what's your premium rove? Well, my premium rove, like I do this thing where like I have a, um, I have like a Rubik's cube that I put into like a mm. glass and it's like stuck in there and you can't get it out. Um, and, and I would let people keep that, but I, I'm, I'm not going to do that because every time I do that trick, it costs me like 30 bucks. So I'm not going to yeah. do that. Routine. And I'm not going to do this thing with a card that you get to keep. I'm not going to do, oh, I'm not going to do the one where I produce a bottle of wine and they keep the bottle of wine. I'm not going to do that either. And they mm. go, that all sounds sick. So if you rock up and you start doing routines where you're producing bottles of wine and going, there's your wine. It's a $4 bottle of wine, but you've gone, you've gone and like you're doing stuff or you give stuff away. You're putting money into your act. It's literally costing you money to perform this, um, which which it should, okay? Like, it should cost you money. Some flash paper, some cards, your dry cleaning. You don't make them wear the cost of this, but you should use it as an upsell. Like, if I'm going to, if people can do that with Toyota Corollas and leather seats and sound systems, I don't see why we can't do it where we do stuff and we give products away bottles of wine whatever it yeah, might you know, be like the trade show market it's not un unusual to have corporate branded products as well you could upsell mm. them in that area too and have those products provided at a premium price matthew that, Wright did that 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 i like that that i definitely like i can make it branded for whatever double the price of you yeah. know some amount branded yeah. cars that that love that um my, I, I i guess my way because you know we're all professionals here. We've all we're all pretty seasoned, so we do offer sort of that higher priced um, pricing. So for me, I that the the I love this language. So when they say like it's too much, and I say obviously you had some kind of budget in mind. Can I ask what that is? Oh, I think my oh you know what's funny? My overheating is showing up on my camera, so I may be about to sign off early. 
which is interesting yeah, now that I know that mm. after an hour and 40 minutes. Um, but anyway, I'll say to them. This is the exact reason I chose the Lumix. There you go. So I'll say to them, um, you know, what did you have in mind to spend? They'll say it and I go, look, well, that that is below my pricing. But if you like, I can happily put you in touch with a magician that will do a great job for that price. And so it puts something in their head now that by paying more, you're getting more value, if that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> and and more often than not, they'll go, oh, we found the budget. We can still we can still get you. Um, you know, all right, let's, let's jump to the final word. So I don't have to overheat, um, and disappear, but, uh, let's go with, uh, let's go with Nick for today's final word. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the podcast, the magic guys. Thank you so much for watching. We love you. And, uh, here we go. So today's episode was hyper-focused on doing things on video and capturing it. And those are all very important aspects. And so with regards to my final word, I will share some words that were shared to me by uh, previously mentioned uh, Mr. Simon Coronel, who records every single performance he does, not so much for putting it out on socials or everything of that nature, but more so so he can look at his performances and make them better. And I think that's ultimately what we should all be thinking about. If we are constantly driven to improve and ensure that we perform the best magic we can for each audience. Not only are we going to elevate the magic that we perform, we're going to elevate the experiences of what our audiences have. And I think that's equally as important in this art form. And that's my final word. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys.